record this. All right, we are back, but we are not back with the same cast. We actually have a fat. I consider this guy a fat boy now. Oh, this guy's a fat boy. This guy is such a fat fuck. After what he said before, we've not done this show. He is such a fat fuck now. It's not even fat boy. Like you, you you've elevated fat boy beyond beyond compared last <laughs> 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 week. <laughs> um, no, we're here with Tyler. Tyler's on the show. Special guest, I guess. But we'll be seeing more more coaches more come on. Uh, from the team as we go through these podcasts. So definitely be hitting Tyler up more often to come on the show um, through and through just as he was just finishing his prep and everything. So didn't want to bother even you having you use the energy to even come on the show, but now you got a lot of it. So, so yeah. now you come on as much as you want. Uh, so does he? <laughs> yeah. How was, how was the show? How was, uh, how is everything kind of just going to where you're at right now? And Yeah, so honestly, the show, it was awesome. That first showing there at TNT was good, but going into it, we knew it was probably going to be more 75 80% of where we wanted to be. Um, I got third in both light heavies and classic, which did qualify me for nat- nationals. Um, honestly, I was hoping that I would place a little better, but at the end of the end of the day, it's not really about the placings and I was um, I honestly didn't think there would be that kind of caliber of guys but there were some really good guys especially in the light heavies which was awesome to stand next to those guys and so we did decide to um, obviously go to Vancouver with the goal of bringing the best conditioning we could so we had three weeks to do so and we we pushed really hard and I mean it, it taught me a lot about myself mentally and um, it definitely helped me and um, Luca bond a lot through kind of the, the suffering there. Cause like, he's got what, he's got 30, 40 pounds on me. I was at like 1400 cows and he was right there with me at like 1500 cows for most of it. So we were both grinding, doing an absolute crap load of cardio and whatnot, but we came to the show um, absolutely peeled. I was, I think four or five pounds lighter than, my stage weight for TNT, and I think Luca was definitely, what was he, like four or five pounds down to be? Roughly the same. I think it was three or four for Luca. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so we, we definitely drove that conditioning where we wanted it, and um, obviously this gave us a lot of data for whenever the next showing is going to be. Um, probably, honestly, going to be a couple of years here. We're going to make sure that when we come in again, we have the tissue to compete with those guys. Um, and so I placed third in classic of, I think there was nine, excuse me. And then in the light heavies, I got five out of five guys. Um, but yeah, we were really happy with the look and coming in there. We knew I wasn't contending for a, a pro card or anything, but experience was awesome. Um, that was what, two weeks ago now. So now we're into the kind of swing of the reverse. It's been pretty good. It's been, and I mentioned that on my Instagram there, the one day it has been really tough kind of dealing, obviously mentally past, honestly, I would say two years has been focused on hitting that stage. And so kind of transitioning has been really tough. And then obviously what everyone goes through with just your hormones being absolutely fucked and then hunger signaling and all that, but it's been good. Um, We're getting through it and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as far as the, the show and everything and yeah it's a good it's a good experience too right like 
Ty's seeing right now, and Ty and I had a conversation about this, the effects that like ghrelin can have when you absolutely throw it for a fucking whirlwind of, of shit per se. <clears throat> and post-show, you're just, you, you literally cannot get full, even when you load up and veg or have those free meals and have a lot of food. Like we were loading Ty on the amount of food he will eat probably in an off-season setting. And in an off-season setting, his appetite will be nowhere near where it'll be. And he like, he might be struggling at points to get that food down, but loading him, he was full in, or he was hungry in 20 minutes after he ate. Yeah, and like people don't understand like it was like and so for people that obviously like there's not this kind of peaking experience with Braden 99% of bodybuilders won't have this experience we were staying in the same condo complex me and Luca I had my wife with me and Luca's room was right beside ours we would wake up every morning from we got there Wednesday and I mean, he was there looking at us doing that, but Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we got up at 5am message B on WhatsApp went up. He looked at us. We did full rounds of posing would decide our meal. And these meals, they're like three, 400 grams, Jasmine rice, 120, 150 grams, cream of rice. ISO loading it up with honey, banana. And I would eat these. Me and Luca would go down after we did our posing, we would crush his cream of rice meal or whatever. Take us five minutes to down it, hungry again. Next two <laughs> hours, go up, pose in front of them, a little harder, whatever, make changes. We did that for like six, seven meals a day. Did not miss. Braden was there the whole time. Every single meal, we were posing in front of him, making the changes. And like, it was crazy. Like some of those days, I know definitely I was probably eight, 900 grams carbs, Luca, probably 1,000, 1,100, and just absolutely ravenous, like just crazy how the body, just from pushing that hard with the low carbs and everything, just soaking it all up. Yeah, and it's cool too, like what I was going to say too, is now ties, again, like even those, I've never had to, these were, this was the first time I've ever had to push a couple of my guys the way I pushed Tyler and Luca. I'll be completely honest with that just because, and I didn't push them for the same reasons. It was totally different reasons, right? Like Luca's prep went a little bit, I don't want to say sideways off the bat, but it was very different. There was a lot of troubleshooting from the sense of <clears throat> um, Luca's body was doing some weird shit. I think it had become crazy, crazy adaptable. And we went from an off season setting where if he missed a meal or he was sh- short a little bit on food, he would, drop four pounds right and then also we throw them into a deficit and nothing happens i make the deficit bigger nothing happens all of a sudden i've pulled over a thousand calories from his diet and nothing's happening and it's not like just weights not moving like visually nothing is happening so there was a lot of troubleshooting shooting happening and like fuck i i think it was like seven weeks out or something i put luca on basically no carbs and gave him blueberries and he still had fats and stuff in and then we just would refeed him and stuff. But again, totally different setting. Whereas like with Ty, it was more so, okay, he's never actually been lean before. So we had to get off a large amount of body fat, that stubborn fat, that brown fat stuff that just he's had forever. Right. And that stuff takes a lot longer. And that's kind of why there was different approaches, but at the end of the day, still almost the same approach where we had to push them both very, very hard. Um, And it's not easy. And then again, this is, it's cool that Ty got to experience this being the coach he is too, right? Cause now, I mean, he's going to be a contest prep coach and he's put a couple guys on stage already. And it's really easy for him now to be able to identify post show when people are talking about 
the their hunger signaling being fucked up and, and being starving and how to approach it. He's experienced it now because I mean, in the past he's done shows, but this is a, this was a whole new level, right? He was on a national stage. He was a totally different bodybuilder. His stage weight was uh, what were you seven or eight pounds up from your last stage weight, but like fucking yeah. 10% leaner, 12% leaner. So the amount of muscle mass different was drastically different. His conditioning was drastically different. So like this was a real experience per se in that sense. And he got to experience it full throttle. And now he's still learning what the reverse is like, right? Cause he's never actually truly in that sense had to learn that cause he's never had to suffer like that. So it's uh, going to make him a better athlete and a better coach, I think. So it's really cool to see. I mean, it's tough though. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not tough. And Ty, Ty and I have had these conversations. It's uh, this is the hardest part, I believe of bodybuilding because that goal is no longer right in front of you right it's really easy to fucking eat 1400 calories and slave away on a cardio machine when you're two weeks out and you have that goal in sight now when that goal is potentially two three years whatever that looks like down the road it's like ah i can have this meal i can have that and then all of a sudden you've just fucked up potentially your off season right when when that happens too much so it's one of the most crucial the most important and crucial parts of an off season is to actually nail your reverse, but it's also like the hardest part to actually do that. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. It looks pretty, I mean, you're going to get there. Now you're now it's operation uh, heavyweight, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Supers maybe. We'll see how things go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I said operation <laughs> supers. Braden, Braden commented. We'll do, the old, we'll do the old fits. Yeah. Absolutely blow up. Yeah. I mean, not gonna lie, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to whenever I get to do this. I'm so looking forward to it. Mine's a long ways away, but you're setting yourself up now for the next two, three years, right? Of being able to actually step away from stage. And I mean, you were. I mean, we saw him in the off season, right? He was pounding a fuckload of calories in the off season too. So yes. it's it just, yeah. But now he's but now he's gonna be in a better spot in terms of everything, especially with that brown fat off and stuff. So it's obviously gonna aid in a better off season to come, which I think. Yeah. And like, we've identified things too, right. With Ty, like <clears throat> one of the things that was tough and I, when I seen Tyler in person, it changed things a lot more identifying. Okay. Well, I had thought he had super, super thick skin. It's not really the case. It more so was he had some loose skin from when he was bigger, when he was like 260 back in the day. So now we filled that, we fill that skin by building more tissue and get him big again, but not fat and not soft. When we peel down again, that muscle is going to press harder against the skin. There'll be just more detail there already. Right. So it's just really a matter of fact of building more tissue and taking the time to build that tissue. And I mean, we all know that Tyler will be a weapon in this sport. We just got to take the time to be, to do it right. Yeah. I'm Mima. I'm on the other hand of, I'm just resting and eating right now, which is not normal, but I'm actually, I'm actually kind of happy um, that this, that this foot thing actually happened as much as I hate that I haven't been able to train legs for like two weeks now. Um, I'm really happy in the sense that I get to take a break from the gym because to truly be honest, I mean, you probably know, right. Ty, where it's just like a, we've been pushing for so long and you don't miss sessions and it's not like you're taking a break either. Like you're not really pressing off the gas at any point in time. Obviously there are points of times where you can devolume and do those things, but for the most part, you're not missing sessions during a fat loss phase or a prep. Yeah. So it's just like at some point you have to take the break off and the body will typically start to respond. So I'm kind of happy I'm taking the break off right now. My body's because this was 
I'm going to put this out here because I'm very transparent with my things. Mark's like, this is kind of like the make or break week in terms of things. Like if my body decided to not progress forward and not fix itself up, we were going to reverse out. Yeah. But I mean, according to what my weight's been the past two days coming down now, hitting a new low after not hitting a new low for like three, three, four weeks. Um, I think it's, it's a good sign. My blood glucose came right down to like 83, 78 right off the bat of being last week it was in nine of uh, mid nineties and high eighties. So to see my body start to click, which I think getting back into Virginia and back home and being in my own little space also probably had an effect on it right away. Uh, but that's where I'm at now. So I'm kind of, even though we've been pushing for eight months of dieting, so it's still like, Hey, we could still get a little bit more off it. I would like to see that one fifties hit the scale. To truly be honest, I think that's where my legs are going to start to come in a bit more, which is what we're honestly looking for is some more lines in my legs. So if we can get that off a little bit, I'll be really happy. But for now, just not even have you might even have deeper lines by the end of this week, man, with all the inflammation clearing with no training and stuff like that. Yeah. So I added in, so I added in fish. So I got more mega back in stock, which is great because um, it's been something I've been missing. Um, and then also, I also ordered uh, turmeric um, by Revive, and that's been helping out a lot, too, in terms of getting it throughout the last two days. So um, we'll see if it has an effect. We're going to keep doing what I'm doing each day, just doing it the same. Um, food's still at a good spot, so it's just as long as my body weight keeps coming down and I feel good. I'm going to feel great. I got body work on Wednesday coming up, so I finally haven't had body work for a month now so the fact i get to get in and see someone is going to be great so get to get recovery mode 100 percent this week and then hopefully by that point my foot will be good and i can actually train legs because i miss it um but yeah so that's where i'm at i think we're going well kick a plane added a few more added a few more athletes past week um so that was really right. good so you know we're continually growing over here that's what that's kind of my it kind of gives me a chance to focus in on my, on my athletes a little more and update my processes and kind of catch up on everything on the back end that I wanted to. So that's why we're spending a lot of time on this week to kind of just make sure everything's up and running on that end. Good. Yeah. Good. Great. How you doing? Good, man. I just came off of uh, basically a full week of hitting high days, which uh, <laughs> it, it's funny. I mean, <laughs> we talk, we talk about, uh, being neuro neurotic and when you throw yourself into the athlete shoes you realize wow i'm neurotic as fuck too um after about two days of them i started to feel like a fat ass and uh you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like yeah i'm full but i'm soft as shit and i mean part of it's just a mental game right like cam had me eating my regular training day high day which is a lot of food and a lot of carbs around my pre and post-workout training but i was hitting those on a rest day so i was eating full-blown training day high day meals on a rest day so i'm eating like i think my high day is like 650 grams of carbs or something like 40 through 4300 calories on a rest day and i'm doing that day after day after day and like the scale at first wasn't really climbing much and then it was hanging around 228 but as of as of uh saturday we hit that 232 and then we held 232 this morning so we're uh, back to regular days, even though he had increased my training and rest day food on Monday last week. So we'll see. I'll uh, 
assess where I'm at tomorrow morning with my own check-in picks and see if we're how, how we're doing, but we'll see. I'm not, I'm not super concerned about it. Honestly, I feel really good training right now. My strength is going up across the board. Um, Cam and I chatted about something last week. I just felt like potentially looking at some of my shots, my chest was a weaker spot for me. Um, and I, I kind of brought that to his, his attention and we had a conversation about it and he felt like he agreed. So there was a kind of a slight adjustment within training there for that to facilitate that. So a little bit more chest volume in my training split now to try to bring up the chest a little bit more as I head into my kind of 16 day break per se when I head down to Greece, which that will be an interesting one for me. Definitely a, a bit of a mental, um, it's going to be, it'll be interesting just because I mean, I love training obviously too. And I'm also really looking forward to having just some time away with Kim and, and I haven't done that in years and years and years, man. So I want to enjoy it. But at the same time, I mean, when we're guys like us that you're definitely always worried about your physique and conscious about your goals, knowing that I'm not going to have access to a gym all the time, I might get maybe two, two, three sessions in a week. If I can find a gym and I'm going to have to get up early before, before the, the whole crew, because we're going with one of my best friends and his wife from basically a couple's honeymoon type thing. Um, and I don't want to basically have people waiting around for me all day to hit the gym. Right. So I'll be up early trying to find a gym and, getting a cab to a gym. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting, but also the fact that we're basically backpacking it and we're just taking carry-ons. We're not doing check bags and stuff because we're traveling to eight different islands. So I can't really bring foods and stuff like that or prep foods. So it's just going to be, it'll be interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, it'll be a learning curve for me, but we'll make it work. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Just again, one of those things that we do and I fully anticipate, I probably will drop some weight on that trip, but I also know when I get back to it, my body will be nice and fresh and we can start pushing and things will be good again. So yeah, the team's growing. Um, couldn't be happier about that. Some, some good showings. The last couple of shows here, super proud of everyone that they've done. So we've got athletes coming in. I know we've uh, added a couple to your guys' rosters here and I had a couple uh, more new athletes sign up this week and I got two, two from overseas. I was telling you guys, I got two athletes from Hong Kong, which is pretty cool. Um, just playing around with the time zones is a fun one. Basically it's complete 360 on time zones. So when they send their check-in in the morning, it's actually end of the night here for me, basically. So that'll be fun to tinker with that, but it'll be good. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, just doing our thing. We're off to uh, Toronto here on Thursday for natural nationals. I got four athletes doing that, which very excited for all of them and uh, kind of see how that goes. So yeah, that's all. That's it. We're basically in Toronto Thursday to Sunday, come back till next Wednesday and we fly out on Wednesday to Texas for the Texas show. So. Bang. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to it. Let's get like 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. Of, we can get yeah, to yeah. I'm yeah. going to uh, eat my meal here while we're talking, but let's yeah. get it. Um, so I'll go first. Cause I think this actually comes up to what I actually posted and I posted my BG monitor this morning. Um, is what supplements and strategies are you using to lower blood glucose? Um, so in general, obviously I like to use the GDA. Um, I've been using actually Morphogen actually just released their new GDA, um, which does have glucovantage in it, which I've been a, ever since talking with Dylan about that. I've been a big fan of using that. Um, so I've actually, it's actually like half the caps than what they previously had. So it's kind of odd dispersing them months it because it's only three where normally it used to be six so i used to do like a few meals with just two 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 
Um, but I'll do usually just two with, and then one with another meal. Um, I want to experiment with doing one with three meals and see how that goes too as well. Um, but overall, to actually bring down my blood glucose, I've been obviously bringing down inflammation. Um, that and I've also, like I said, I was traveling. So I traveled up to Connecticut to go see um, our other friends, uh, Thomas Monk up in Connecticut. Um, digestion was a little off there. And then digestion was still off when I got back home. I was staying at my parents for a week because I haven't seen them for like seven months. So um, to be able to kind of just have some time with them. But um, my digestion was still off until like the last two days of that. Um, so obviously, I think getting back to my own environment has helped the past few days with things or knowing that I was going to get back to my environment because I got back yesterday. So that's overall helped. And then not moving, surprisingly. I will say I haven't moved. Uh, I, like I said, I've been doing maybe 3,000, 4,000 steps a day right now. Um, so still beating me. Yeah, I know you, you, you don't, <laughs> like, you don't like, you don't leave. Um, <laughs> um, but, but I'm just like, but yeah, those things, it's just bringing down stressors. Obviously I think the GDA does help with the processing of the nutrients and so does everything, but also bringing down my inflammation and stress is going to be, the two biggest things I think that I've seen lower my, lower my blood glucose, at least in, yeah. I would say what I've also used um, for a lot of my guys, before I throw in like berberine or metformin or something like that, what I do is a lot of my guys that we start seeing a trend upwards or eating like carbs or getting up there, just shuffling carbs in more favor of fats um, to even out the calories usually I'll see an improvement right away with blood glucose going a little higher fat. And yeah, I found a lot of success doing that before I throw in any supplements. And then obviously mitigating stressors is a huge one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think in my opinion, I believe stress is probably one of the biggest ones. And I have athletes where their blood glucose will just continually sit higher and can only beat a dead horse so much when you're saying we need to fix your stress. We need to fix, fix your stress and, and you implement strategies. And <clears throat> I mean, you're never one to point a finger and say, you're not doing what needs to be done. Right. So at some point you're not just going to let it continue to sit there and you might have to implement other things. Hydration status is a huge one, making sure you're hydrated. Um, if you're not hydrated, you're not going to see those numbers trending in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Cheers boys. Um, <laughs> Another big one, and this is might be a little unorthodox, but it's more of a food product. And I know a lot of guys, I know Ty actually does it, I think, on some of his meals. Um, Ceylon cinnamon. So cinnamon's a really, really good one. Uh, people just think regular cinnamon. It actually needs to be Ceylon cinnamon is the one that's proven to impact blood sugars properly. Um, so like there's that green top organic brand. I can't even remember it in the glass jars. Yeah. Wait, give me a second. Yeah, I have the same one. I'm not going to run it downstairs, though. I'll tell you that much. Um, that shit on everything. This joint. Yeah, that's the one. Simply organic. Yeah. Simply organic. So Ceylon cinnamon. On an ad. <laughs> very, very good. And honestly, like, if you've never had cinnamon and shit on rice, it's phenomenal. Cinnamon chicken oh, and rice. Honestly, okay. I, also, I also haven't been, um, actually, the last two days, what I've actually done, too, to kind of help me get back to things is I actually cut out all diet drinks. Yeah, cut out all. No. I cut out all diet drinks, all caffeine, and I actually cut out my Frank's Red Hot too. So I just been using salt, pepper. I just been using salt, pepper, and cinnamon as my things as of late, and 
I'm just doing it as like a thing. Like I noticed even having like any of like the flavor gang sauces or things like that, like not to shit on them. They're great. But I'd always notice like my lower belly would get a little bit distended from, from like having those. And yeah, having that's, just, that's just sweeteners, right? Everybody has individual responses. Yeah. I do the same thing. Like I am, I'm the worst, like for these things, the flavor enhancers in water. I absolutely, like I almost crush one of these a day. I'm oh, that so, looks so good though. Orange crush, bro. Oh. oh yeah. I'm so bad with them. And I, I openly admit that. And like, I can be because sweeteners don't really affect me to that degree. Sugar alcohol sometimes do. And, and I notice a lot more with sugar alcohols than I do like sucralose and stuff like that. But I still like every six weeks or so just cut it out completely. And it's tough because when I drink the amount of water that I do and I'm used to it being flavored, it almost oh, feels like a chore when suddenly I'm drinking six liters, of, six liters of water that's not flavored. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's literally night and day. Like when I'm at work, I'll have like a liter of just unflavored, just like sip on it. it takes me two hours. Yeah. I'll squirt some meal in there. I literally guzzle liter in like 20 seconds. I never put yeah, anything in mine. I never put anything in mine. I've not put, not once have I put any flavoring in my water. Don't start or you'll get it. Yeah, don't start. Don't start. When I was, I remember when I was in university, man, I I was the kid walking around university with a milk jug and that was easy. I would pound it. And like, that's when I was big and I was hardcore bodybuilder. I need a milk jug with me, whatever. And I never did the squirters. And now that I've been doing them for so long. Oh, you're uh, I can't imagine being the guy walking around with a milk jug drinking plain water all the time. It's like it's shitty to say that, but like I poisoned myself. I screwed myself. It's, it's the exact same thing with coffee with me too. Like I grew up in a household. Um, my dad's Mormon. My mom never drank coffee, so I never drank coffee. And then I started working this labor job where we started working at 5 a.m. And I was like, oh, I'm tired all the time. And all the guys are like, oh, grab a coffee. And I just started drinking it black. And so I was always used to drinking it black, right? And then met my wife and she had all these fancy coffees and I started adding sweetener. And then I'm like, okay, this is really good. But I'm like, if I would have just stayed black all the way through, would have been no issue. I've also just stayed black and I've now just been using a uh, Cylon cinnamon in my, oh, my you got to be careful too, with all this stuff Dill's got, like when oh, Ray yeah. first gave me some of that Flavo stuff, now I've got freaking like five flavors sitting in the cabinet. Uh, I'm avoiding everything. I, I actually pumpkin spice. Split. I'm super careful with mine. I, I don't even buy that flavorless stuff as much anymore because I love black coffee. But yeah, like, if I have that stuff in my house, I'm putting it in my coffee. Oh yeah. I actually literally told I, I told Anthony I was going to be a few minutes late for the podcast because I had to run to the store. Well, I literally was just at the supplement store and I was there and I bought a bottle of it and I haven't had it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's not why I went to the store, but I ended up being there and I was like, hey, caramel. Let's have some for the coffee. So tomorrow morning. What's that? You you eating some golden grains? I am eating some golden grains. Use the lead beta. I don't have a code yet. Use the lead (laughs) beta. Golden grains. Try it out. There you go. I am. I want to try that flavor. I got the unflavored and I got banana and honey in it, but then I used chocolate banana hydro pure. Oh, lights up. You're going to hate me because I just bought like five bags of pride food unflavored. So, well, listen to this. So, Luca, Luca made this (laughs) mistake. We were in, we were in, we were at West Coast Iron and they, they stocked that because Ditto and stuff is sponsored by them or whatever. Yeah. Blueberry muffin, everyone says is like amazing. Oh, so fucking bangers. Okay. Well, hold on. When I was in Pier, when I was at Pier in Toronto for national or for the Toronto Pro Show, just like whatever, eight weeks ago or whatever, I seen it there and I had forgotten my golden grains at home. 
So I had to cheat on golden grains and I bought some fried foods and it, it killed me inside, but I bought it and I was like, you know what? This stuff's going to be bomb. And I had used fried foods in the past. Dude, I bought it and it's absolutely horrible compared to golden grain foods. It tastes like sand. The texture Very is gooey. absolutely Very dog shit compared to golden grains. And I told Luca that he's like, man, everybody says it's so good, but he was on the golden grains train at this point. So he bought it in Vancouver. He came home. The day he opened it, I got a message and he was like, this is dog shit. This stuff is disgusting. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be the judge because I have five. Well, I got five bags of unflavored, so I don't really okay, have Well, I'm just going to, I'll just tell you right now to your face that whether you're biased or not, I promise you 100% golden grains is better. Yeah, 100% second that. Put it to the test. I'm going gra- to grab a bag of that pancake maple syrup one because that looks fucking that one's good. good. So, anyway, much strawberries and cream. I still- All right. Oh, right, yeah. Back to back to we can get back to our questions, guys. <laughs> hey, the people uh, need someone, to know. Someone to go, someone to go around another. I got I got one, and we've talked about this before, but I know it's something we can all kind of tap into here. And I know you'll like this one, Amp. Um, best ways to remedy estrogen dominance when food's already in a good place, taking Estracort and Vitax already. So I'll keep this off because I think number one, they're looking at supplements as the first thing here. Um, one, you should be looking at your gut health as the first thing when it comes to estrogen dominance. Um, we discussed that a while ago and I don't want to go into that detail because I know we went into extreme detail with it the last, the last time this was asked. Um, I think that was on our first Q and A, so go take a listen to that one on there, but it all revolves around anything with estrogen dominance. It all revolves around gut health. So making sure that you're actually choosing the right foods, making sure you're actually digesting, like if you're bloated and things like that, like look at your food sources, look at your water intake. Um, then look at maybe adding in a little bit of glutamine and zinc carnosine is where I like to go first for those things. But like I said, it's not really my first choice with gut health. It's ultimately making sure you're digesting, making sure you're getting enough micronutrients and getting enough fiber in your diet too as well, which I know you mentioned in another question that it can backfire on someone. So getting enough, this is where I highly recommend having a a good amount of berries in the diet um, to have that soluble fiber um, to be able to actually push things through. Um, and, insoluble fiber. Oh yeah, insoluble. My bad. I, diet. I'm blaming this. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but making sure that everything's in that good spot there will help with estrogen dominance rather than looking at, well, Vitex number one is a progesterone supplement, which will help. Um, Estracort does help with bringing down estrogen, but it also depends upon how severe things are. Cause if it's really severe, you most likely have underlying bacterial overgrowth and there that may need to be addressed. Yeah. And like going to this question too, I think it, there's different types of estrogen dominance, right? Like you can be low progesterone, normal estrogen. You can be high progesterone or sorry, low progesterone, high estrogen. There's a bunch of different combinations of what it could be. So Lab work is going to tell you first and foremost, if you're estrogen dominant, look at your ratios. Um, on top of what Anthony said, supporting the liver so you're actually clear, actually clearing things properly is extremely important. So you're already taking Estrocort and Vitex. I would say for the most part, part these are supporting, um, like you said, the, the Estrocort is going to definitely have an impact on lowering estrogen through like the dim and stuff in there. Whereas Vitex is definitely going to focus on, uh, the Chase Berry is going to focus on bringing up progesterone but where do we synthesize our hormones in the liver? 
right? So going back to the fiber conversation, fibers are going to bind to estrogens and help clear them out of the body. In the liver, again, that's where we're, we're actually detoxing estrogens from the body. So we have to really make sure that liver is supported, whether we're doing glutathione, NAC, um, calcium deglucurate, all these kind of things. And again, don't just toss these supplements in because you want a supplemental Band-Aid. There's a lot of other stuff. I would say, like we mentioned in the previous conversation, dealing with your stress. A lot of people don't actually realize the amount of stress they carry on a day-to-day basis. If you're a stress case and a basket case from that stress, you are not going to fix estrogen dominance just relying on some supplements. I've seen it. I've dealt with it before. I have absolutely hammered people and smoked people with supplements to try and up supplement, out supplement their very poor lifestyle habits because we've had the conversations and nothing changes. And quite frankly, I don't see results ever from it. You have to make the lifestyle changes first and then rely on the supplementation to fill the gaps, not vice versa. So that's a big one there. And time. The biggest thing for me is time. You can't just put, and I'll use my sister as an, as, as an example, because I know she's somebody she doesn't care if I talk about it. She dealt with extreme estrogen dominance, like extreme. Like I'm talking, her ratio was like a three or a four. I can't remember. It was horrible. And it took us like upwards of like nine months to actually get her sorted out. She had really bad skin issues through the process. Somebody who's never really had bad skin issues was getting like almost like cystic acne on her jawline, which proves it's hormonal, right? There's a lot of this, this stuff happening and it was horrible, but she stuck it out. We dealt with everything. We got her food higher and yeah, her body weight came a little bit higher. That's the other thing I wanted to touch on with this. You can say as much as you want that food's in a good spot, but it's not really necessarily just food that has to be in a good spot. It's body fat that has to be in a good spot. So like you could be somebody who's eating 2,500 calories a day, but your body fat is extremely low. That is not going to allow you to recover your hormones and repair your hormones optimally. It's actually your food needs to be higher because 2,500 calories for you might be low compared to 2,500 calories for somebody who's obese at that intake, right? Now, again, if you're obese at that intake, we probably should fix that too, because that's not going to help estrogen dominance either. either. So having a healthy body fat percentage, that's very important. That's kind of my, my thoughts on that. Yeah. Ty, anything? Um, yeah, just kind of like what you said, and obviously what Braden said, I would say definitely trying to manage stressors first and foremost, um, getting blood work done, maybe getting a Dutch test done, if that's something you can afford, and then just kind of analyzing from there and implementing supplements based on what you see there, not trying to throw the kitchen sink and fix all these problems all at once and just throw a dart, try a supplement here or there that you may think helps and then reassess with more blood work or another Dutch test or based on how you're feeling. But again, first and foremost, optimizing digestion and stress is honestly nine times out of 10, probably going to help the issue a lot more than all these supplements. Yeah. The Dutch test one is a big one too. And it's something that a lot of people don't do. And like, luckily for us here on this team, we've all reviewed how to read Dutches. We all know how to read Dutches for our athletes and stuff. And like, they're expensive, but they give you such good insight into what's actually going on, right? Especially when you look at something like estrogen dominance, for instance, you can actually see the pathways and what needs to change and supplement literally based on what you see right in front of you. 
versus, I mean, you can, somebody can have a normal estrogen level and still be basically have symptoms of estrogen dominance. And you're like, well, why? Well, when you look at the actual pathways of how things are being cleared and, and how they're working, now it's going to show you a different story potentially. So that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and we get the next question. How to market yourself when you first are beginning coaching. So I can start that one off. Um, when you first start out, I would say start coaching for free and try to gain some transformations. Um, maybe it's your buddies or whoever's interested and just service the hell out of them. Do as much as you can, gain some transformation, social proof, put it out there and then be active on social media. Um, give out free information, whether it's training, diet advice, and just kind of go from there. Obviously, try to get as educated as you can. Um, find a good mentor. And yeah, I would say those are the first steps. And then just grind and work your ass off and go from there. Uh, I say be prepared to lose money before you make money. Yep. Um, that's at least what happened with me. Um, I invested a lot into the educational portion of things compared to things. So I say always go after the education first because you will have the application, but also while you're doing that, take on people for free. Yep. And it's by posting what you know too as well that helps and build the trust too. If someone asks you a question in the DMs, like answer them. Like there's a point to where Hey, that does cross the line of what coaching would be. But at the beginning stages, I went above and beyond for people in the DMs. Like that's what you kind of have to do to be able to do that. So if people are asking you questions, like respond to them. If they're, if they're commenting, respond to them. Like overall, like you said, kind of building the trust there in terms of what people need um, is what's ultimately going to help you. And then you're going to come with a few good ones. There's eventually going to be a few good ones that you have keep them tight and make sure you produce like really good results with those people. Yeah. When you get your shot, don't miss. Yeah. <clears throat> um, for me, I think a really important one is being, being true to who you are and who, and who you want to be. Um, especially in the world, I guess I'll not take the devil's advocate approach, but kind of take the devil's advocate approach in the world of social media right now. There's a lot of people talking about a lot of things and a lot of those people. And I mentioned this in another story of mine today, a lot of people talk about a lot of things, a lot of people not actually knowing exactly what they're talking about when they're talking about those things, but they're just speaking about those things because they feel they want to be relevant. Um, if you're that person trying to market yourself doing that, eventually, sooner than later, you do get exposed and it does your business a lot more harm than it does good. So until you actually genuinely know something, maybe don't speak about that thing, speak about what you do know. And if you want to know something, apply yourself and learn that thing. Um, and just be true, be, be true to who you are and honest with who you are. And again, don't expect to be, don't expect to have a hundred athletes within a month of coaching, right? Like you might have five, 10 athletes for six months, service the hell out of them. And then, like you said, when you get your shot, don't miss. And uh, you do that over and over again, you'll, you'll definitely be on the right path. And I agree with everything else you guys said, take your time to actually get the education first. Because if you just throw yourself to the wolves and you think you're just, this is the life for you and you just want to be an online coach and well, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be sometimes in the sense of people think we just sit in front of a computer for five, six hours a day and that's our job. 
Um, there's a lot more to it than that. And, and I'll tell you right now, I work myself and, and you guys too. I know you guys work like dogs and it's only going to get worse, but my days are a lot longer now than they ever were when I was in a corporate office. And when I left a corporate office, my job stayed at, at the office and I came home and I had time to sit down and just go back to my day-to-day -day life. When you're starting a business, especially in the early stages, you better be hustling if you want that business to be successful. And uh, there's going to be a lot of time where you have no time, for, for instance, and you want to be successful, in my opinion, that's sometimes what it takes. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Um, cool. I guess I'll go next. Um, do you have all, do you, do you all have clients taking melatonin and at what amounts who needs more dash less? Um, I currently don't, I actually have one. That's because we're dealing with, um, she's dealing with some sleep issues, but she's also dealing with some hormonal problems as well. Some estrogen progesterone issues, which have been shown if you use melatonin, I believe it's like six milligrams, something like that. I think they did a study on it actually improves, um, symptoms with that. So we do that at night to kind of help her through, um, that, but I really don't use melatonin too much. Um, the reason being is I don't, one, a lot of people come relying on it. And two, I rather, they try to, they try to, it's again, kind of similar to what we talked about with estrogen, um, the estrogen dominance. They're trying to overcome a, an issue that can be dealt with through stress management rather than, rather than actually, or yeah, they try to overcome it by supplementing rather than actually hit the root of what it is. So yeah. Yeah. I can just jump off that too. So I don't currently have any clients I have on it. Um, I did kind of experimented there. I think that was a couple months ago. Me and Braden actually chatted about it. Dante Trudell posted some studies where it was like mega dose. And I was like, to Braden, I was like, hey man, like, let's try this. I'm going to start taking like 50 milligrams. <laughs> which I, I didn't get that high, but I started, I think at like 15, which is a pretty high dose. And I did that for a couple nights didn't really notice anything. I think I got as high as like 25 for a couple of nights. Again, I didn't notice any change to my sleep or anything else. So then I stopped doing it. Um, again, I've also heard, like I talked to Dylan about it. He said anything over, I think like 10 or something made him have like crazy dreams and stuff, which again, everyone responds differently. But when I have clients that have issues with sleep or whatnot, same thing with you mainly it's lifestyle stuff they're sitting scrolling on their phones for an hour before they try to fall asleep in bed um super stressed even right before bed or all throughout the day and just doing basic things like having that kind of wind down routine staying not just off your phone but off a screen off a laptop not watching tv at least half hour before bed maybe having a warm bath or a cup of tea obviously without caffeine in it um, just doing those little things and actually being consistent with it. We're having a set time. You always try to go to bed by 10 every night. Make sure your room's cool. Um, obviously, if it's light out, you have the blinds drawn, little stuff like that. I have found with most of my clients that actually are diligent with it, it's going to improve their sleep way more than um, melatonin. And then you obviously become reliant on it. Well, some people do. So just doing those lifestyle things, I've found a lot um, more success than just throwing in a supplement like melatonin. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't have a ton of people who use it. I do have some 
Um, I have my own experiences with melatonin and I have a unique experience, I guess, with myself and, and sleep. Um, I've talked about this before in some of my own posts. I actually have like clinical insomnia um, and I literally um, fall asleep on a couch or something and go to my bed and then I'm wide awake until three in the morning, even if I'm in bed at 10. Um, and I've struggled with this for many, many, many years. I actually was pres prescribed prescriptions off to help me sleep. And I'm not somebody who likes to rely on prescription medications, unless it's TRT or HRT, then, then we're good for it. <laughs> but for me I've, I've done a lot of experimenting over the years melatonin is actually something that um, works well with me again it, it doesn't solve my issues but it definitely improves my quality of sleep now I would say if if somebody's like a cannabis user um, there's a time and a place and, and somebody who's a cannabis user which actually that's what I do to sleep instead of zopoclone um, but I, I also realized that it, that has an impact on the quality of my sleep through my actual sleep cycles and the effects it has on that. So I'm not saying that's the play, um, but I've actually designed, and I, I've sent this to quite a few clients that have problems with sleep, a pretty hard hitting sleep stack from so the supplement standpoint. But again, for me, it's primarily first and foremost, like Tyler and Anthony said, dealing with the lifestyle side first, and then if, if me and an athlete have a conversation and we've worked at this for a while and things are still problematic, well, again, I don't want to let that continue. So then we might go the supplemental route. Um, and again, I, I've put together a supplement stack with like 5-HTP, GABA, L-theanine, magnesium, zinc, etc. And if you <clears throat> combine those, they all work in kind of a different MOA to actually improve sleep and, and calm you before you sleep, um, increase GABA production, right? There's different things there that actually influence your quality of sleep that can work. But I mean, you're talking about taking five or six supplements before bed to help you sleep, right? So that's, in my opinion, not ideal. Nope. Um, so yeah, from the melatonin side of things, I think it can work for some, especially if you're a cannabis user. I think your regular store-bought melatonin at like two milligrams probably is not going to do much. I'm a very, very firm believer. If you're going to use melatonin, hit it hard, but work your way up for sure. Um, like when I use it, I'm going 30 milligrams and it actually does help me big time. And I, I see a drastic improvement in the quality of my sleep. But then again, keeping in mind, I am usually using cannabis before bed. So it does have differing effects there, but yeah, I, I have nothing against it. It's definitely in maybe 5% of all of my athletes plans. So it's not something I rely on at all. I also find one of the first things I do with people is <clears throat> have them utilize revive calm before bed. Revive calm has GABA in it. It has L-theanine in it. Um, I believe it has 5-HTP in it. It has B vitamins. It's got a lot of stuff in it that basically I just had mentioned. Uh, I kind of put into a hard hitting sleep stack. So you do that, it can help. Want to add some melatonin on top of that? Definitely helps too. You should sell your sleep stack. Call yeah. it like grading. <laughs> Start buying raws and capping them. Like a I actually think it. I actually think it does play. I think I saw one time it does play a role in gut health. I had to dive a bit more into that. Um, actually, um, yes. Jeff Sue bring that up before, so I need to drive a bit more into that. On I actually re I recently. Uh, read a study on that but again it was i mean i read one study i think there needs to be more research done for me to yeah. comment oh, yeah. 
definitely, definitely does. I would need to do. I would need to do a lot more digging than one than one study to actually be able to say hey, yeah. um, but good supplement if it, if needed, but it's most likely not needed for a lot of people. So just be careful with how you actually dose it. Don't always listen to the Dante post. Please don't just get running 50 milligrams of, of yeah. that. You, you'll have a great night. You'll, you probably won't wake up for like three days, um, but it's okay. Um, well, that's the other thing too, right? Like Ty said, it's completely individual experience. Some yeah. people in Dylan's case has horrible experience with melatonin. Some people handle it very well. So if you just jump to a crazy high dose, you're playing with fire. And like a lot of people feel super groggy in the morning after they take it. I don't get that. So I have, I, I have horrible, I have horrible dreams. I even just take, I was, gonna say, I was literally just going to say that like I heard some people minutes. get like the worst night terrors ever. Oh yeah, dude. I get the most vivid dreams. Even just taking like five, like if I take like, like we have Morpho Rem, which obviously contains like some of your greens too in the sleep stack. Like if I combine all those, I'll just have really vivid ass dreams. And I'm like, I don't like this. I'm yeah. like, nah, I'm like, nah, fam. I'll wake up at like three 30 and I'm like, I feel refreshed, but. I, I'd rather not have to go through that dream again. When I go to Greece, I'll probably be hammering 30 to 50 milligrams of melatonin a night because weed is like cannabis is illegal over there, like jail time illegal. So I'm not bringing my pen or anything with me. Now, granted, I'll probably be exhausted from jet lag and all that kind of stuff, but I'm also using it as a period for me to actually try to learn how to sleep without it and uh, try to do some shit there. So we'll see how that goes, but it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Two milligrams per tablet, hundred tablets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, found, uh, I actually bought True Nutrition's. So Dante's company. I think he has. I think he has ten milligram tabs. So I bought. I got like four or five bottles of those. Beauty. Oh yeah, that will get it done. Awesome. Who's yeah. the uh, next brain? You got the next one? Sure. I think there's one more here that was decent. All right. Yeah, this was a pretty good one. Um. So for uh, for a male athlete using PDs. What blood markers should he be getting blood work done for and keeping an eye on before, during, and post-cycle? And I think, I mean, this question can be carried over to females as well. I mean, blood markers are blood markers. And uh, at the end of the day, yes, they're going to look a little bit different, but we're going to want to get a lot of the same stuff tested too. So I think this applies to both. Everything? <laughs> can, we say, can we just say everything? Um I mean, we're obviously going to look at your testosterone levels. We definitely want to take a look at your CBC and your CMP. Um, those are probably the big ones that we're looking at, too, when it comes down. Obviously, we're looking at all the sex hormones and everything, too, as well. But I'm mainly concerned about kidneys and liver um, yeah. health when it comes down to a lot of those things. Making sure your hematocrit's good. Hemoglobin. Um, I was just going to say that, yeah. So, like, CBC, some people might not know what that is. So, like, the major... Yeah. The major important markers for a PD user are going to be your RBC, hematocrit, hemoglobin, for sure. Yeah, you're going to want to look at your cholesterol, too, your HDL, LDL, um, triglycerides, too, as well. So mainly everything that we look at for any type of any type of person regularly, you have to keep your eye on specific values, but AST, ALT for your liver, um, and then your kidney, look at your, look at your EGFR, um, creatinine levels, fun levels. Yeah. Yep. Some also a lot of people don't really do too. I would say getting an ECG done at least once a year is good. I actually just had a guy um, who was wanting to get on a blast here. We got his blood work done. Blood work looked really good. He got his ECG done. There was a couple of things that looked off on it and he talked to his doctor. And so I didn't know this about him, which I mean, I kind of 
probably could have figured it out based on some of his social media. Anyways, dude loves raves, loves partying, has done a ton of hard drugs in his past. And his doctor thinks that there's some issues going on with his heart from all of his other drug use, not to do with PEDs. But if we never ran that test, looking at his blood work, super healthy guy in good shape, all his blood work checked out, but running that ECG, I'm like, man, we got to get this sorted out before you're touching anything, right? Yeah. A big one too that, that I guess would apply directly to that is looking at your CRP. So your C-reactive protein um, can be a major inflammation marker in the body, but specifically cardiac inflammation, it, it can relate to heavily. Um, and obviously with the whole couple of years we've been in and what has happened over the couple of years and mandatory things that have been laid on us, um, very, very important. And that's something that everyone, whether you're a PD user or not, should be monitoring. And if your CRP is elevated, you want to get that down ASAP. Um, other things I think are really important too. And we talk about like for us, we have all of our athletes monitor their fasting blood glucose. But another really important thing is actually looking at your fasting insulin levels because you can have great fasting blood glucose levels, but actually have high fasting insulin and, and fasting insulin issues that are showing you kind of like the onset of insulin resistance and long-term issues, which cardiac issues can stem, stem from that, right? If you have elevated cholesterols, and you have elevated blood glucose. Now these two things side by side are gonna create arterial plaque and, and other issues, right? So all the things we're trying to avoid as bodybuilders um, and going back to cholesterols, like you spoke about Anthony, I think it's really important. People just look at values all the time and say, oh, my cholesterols are good. You gotta look at ratios. Um, one of the best things you can do is look at a ratio of your HDL and, and your LDL and make conclusions based on that because Sometimes the numbers might not look the best, but if a ratio is good, it, it definitely can tell you a lot more. So keep in mind that stuff. I think, uh, I don't know, I, we already mentioned pretty much everything else, minus like thyroid function. You want to look at T3, T4, reverse T3, TSH. Reverse, reverse T3 is really tough for us to get here in Canada, unfortunately. Um, pretty much impossible unless you go to a special clinic, which sucks. But yeah, all those kind of things. B12, vitamins, electrolytes. And, and I think be aware that your levels are going to be off depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Different phase. Like if you're in a blast, it's going to be very, it's going to be very off to what you would do. Like you're going to see your blood values definitely skewed there. Um, depending on what you're running quite possibly. I mean, we obviously take a safe approach here, um, on our team, but you're still going to run into skewed values. Um, but those values can be, can actually be improved by just moving down to a cruise level and then add in a few supplementations there to actually get yeah. into a place. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, but it's important to do blood work. Hey, if you're going to do this, like, even though we're looking, you're looking at values, like some people I know will look at maybe things like they're using PDs and they may only look at blood work once a year. Okay. Well, if you look at P, if you look at your use once per year, you may just decide to do it in your cruise phase and be like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Everything's great. But then, you know, you never actually see what it's like to look at your blood work when you're when you're actually blasting there and you're taking more. Um, so getting your blood work three, at least three times a year, I would say probably four yeah. is where I have it for anyone who wants to. Um, or just a general for body. Like if you want to compete, I have you doing blood work more often. 
Um, but even, yeah, for, for me, like right now, I'm going to meet with an endocrine in two weeks. I know right now my blood work is probably going to be pretty ugly, but yeah. it's important that we get kind of that snapshot too, not just when things are kind of cushy, right? And we've we've cleaned out for eight, nine weeks, and we know that things are probably going to be good. It's also good and important sometimes too to get those snapshots to really see how bad it is, right? Because we could go in and maybe it's things are actually better than we thought and we can say, oh, well, that's good. Like this recovery could be quicker than we thought. Not that we're going to hop back on right away, right? But it's just nice to kind of see because maybe things are worse than we thought and then we go, oh, shoot. Right? What are you talking about, dude? The anabolic We need to take even more time off than we anticipated. What are you talking about, dude? The anabolic rebounds going to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to 250 i only have a couple more weeks well and like it's crazy too right because i've seen this i've seen this very recently actually with um somebody you guys both know that's a client of mine and he's a coach himself and he's prescribed trt and he's on trt and he's prescribed 200 milligrams a week so got his blood work done there were some things going on so we looked at his blood work test levels were very very high some other issues going on they at? Uh, i can't remember off the top of my head but he was definitely in a, a high range but then we looked at other things and it's like well yeah your your hemoglobin your hematocrit are high red blood cell counts high cholesterols are not ideal all this kind of stuff well i mean you're technically not on a replacement dose right now you're not on a therapeutic dose because where your your body is utilizing this 200 milligrams that's not trt for you for some people it might leave them in a normal range it's not for you you're on the high end so yeah, we're going to need to supplement to fix some of these things. But part of what we can do here is actually decrease your medication per se. And like we brought his dose down to 150. I brought it down to 100 milligrams a week for some people and they've stayed in a good range. And all of a sudden, even making small changes like that can have a huge effect, right? But another very, very big thing here, and this goes back to kind of what Anthony was saying, not even considering where you're at, like in a cycle, considering what you've done in the days leading up to your blood test. If you're in a dehydrated status and you go in literally fasting in the morning and you think that fasting means not really drinking water either, you're going to be underhydrated. Your kidney markers are absolutely going to be skewed. Your CBCs are absolutely going to be skewed. You go in there two liters of water deep or half a gallon of water deep, you're going to see better numbers. And I've literally sent people for blood work looked at their results, seen a very shitty reading on some things. And I'm like, were you hydrated? They're like, yeah, I had like 250 mils of water before my test. I'm like, that ain't hydrated. So actually, we're going to go back in a week's time and you're going to drink two liters of water before you get anything tested. And all of a sudden you see some numbers changing by five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 points. And it's like, yeah, now that's a real accurate reading or vice versa. I was just talking to somebody yesterday and their bloods were super skewed because they had a free meal the night before. Well, yeah, that's going to impact cholesterol levels. For sure it will. If you go have a big cheat meal, super high fat cheat meal, a big doner and a pizza or whatever, and then you go get blood work pulled in the morning, your cholesterol numbers are going to be skewed. And, and so will probably a lot of other things, right? So there can be some inflammatory markers skewed, right? So there's a lot of things that can affect this. So I tell people, take two or three full days off the gym before you go get bloods done full rest days before you get bloods pulled hydrated. I want two liters in before you get bloods pulled. If you're a female, you got to make sure you're going during your luteal phase, right? There's a lot of things that like 
it might sound like it's a chore to get blood work done, but if you want to get accurate results, you got to do what's necessary to get those results. Yeah. Remember, oh man, I got a great story. Remember that? Remember that time, Braden, where I said that blood work where we had no clue why the insulin was high? So, yeah. so my, my, uh, my athletes, my athletes, all her blood work looked really good. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm so boggled. All of a sudden I see her insulin's like a 24. I'm like, wait, where? I'm like, your blood glucose is phenomenal. Your A1C is phenomenal, but your insulin's a 24. I'm like, whoa, what is happening here? So, so I said, so I said the blood work to Brayden and I said the blood work to Dylan. Both those guys had no clue what was going on we thought it might have been like a cellular like a deep down cellular root thing and then i sent it to austin and austin looked at it we also came up with the same conclusion <laughs> find out later in her check-in i'm like i was just like did you eat she ended up having like a massive bowl of cereal <laughs> before she went in and did her blood work and i was like oh no wonder why your insulin's at like a insulin's at a 24 yes. i was like holy shit i bet your insulin's at like a three i bet your insulin's at like a three and I, yeah. your- <laughs> and I was like i i had the biggest sense of relief yeah when, when she told me that i was like thank god you you only had a bowl of cereal and this wasn't anything deeper because i was like i had no clue i thought it was gonna be something bad I thought it was too. And I was like bringing up like going on metformin and things like that. And she was like, so adamant against metformin for it. And I was just like, I have no clue what this possibly could have been. And and we were, and I had, I mean, if you have Austin Stout boggled, like, <laughs> like that's when, you know, you, you don't have an answer. You're like, um, what could this possibly be? So we were all like freaking out over what this possibly could have been. Yeah. Just, just came down to her eating a fucking bowl of Lucky Charms before actually going to get her <laughs> <laughs> just kind of going off what you said Braden, too with your one client on 200 megs um and it being crazy like his t dosage yeah. um so i had the literally exact same situation this week one of my guys like six weeks into his cruise 200 megs get blood work done and what's the the reference range of canada is like one to 30 or one to 35 uh it depends like eight to eight to 15 yeah. eight to 32 it really depends but yeah, yeah. So he, he was a 65 on 200 megs, right? That's so that just goes to show too, lots of people say that, oh, I'm on a cruise dose, bro. And it's like, he he's double what the reference range is. So yeah, obviously- like I, I know for back. me, for me, I sit at a night, a night, 18 to 19 on a 150 a week. Yeah. And most people, and that's why like usually I, I'll cruise guys, try to cruise guys mostly at like 150 again, depending where they are as a bodybuilder and, and whatnot. And if we kind of want to keep that a little higher, maybe 200, but a lot of guys at 200 are like high range and that's like early blast stage. So we're like, all right, we're, yeah. we're trying to keep healthy here for the next 12 to 16 weeks, not keep fucking picking a scab that's already been yeah. picked. Yeah. So, I had a guy, I had a guy at, he's taking, he was taking 200 and, uh, or he was taking like, yeah, he was taking 200 and he was at like a 1200 level so like our reference range is like where you want to be at least cruise dose wise you really want to be like your total testosterone is between like 700 and 900 yeah he was like 1200 i was like hold on bucky i was like we got to bring this one we got to bring this down here i was like he's like but i feel good he's like i feel it though i'm like you're not going to feel a fucking like it's just supposed to be something healthy like it's supposed to make you feel normal you're not going to feel like fucking superman on a goddamn cruise dose so like don't expect to like feel it like it's yeah. supposed to help you just be I mean, on the right side at least you know your gear is good 
it's funny you said that too because actually the guy that i was talking about um same thing he felt amazing and i was like trust me dude like you're not going to feel drastically different and we're like six weeks in he's like no dude like i the difference between 150 and 200 i literally don't feel but within blood work you definitely see some change like we saw positive we saw positive movement in things so there's definitely uh again being in an actual physiological physiological range is where you want to be if you want to actually fix some shit up yep awesome uh anybody got any more questions or are we uh we out um i'm honest if you got them i don't have any more i'm done i don't have any more i got something I i got something on water intake but it's simple i'll just answer real quick um because they asked talk talk about best way to have daily water and meals keep keep separate combined keep them separate 15 minutes pre-meal 15 minutes after the meal don't have any water Uh, other than that you should be all good um i have one how do you effectively water cut before a weigh-in and this is a very very complex question that we can't really answer. So like, for instance, Ty went through this with me. Um, When we were doing TNT for Tyler, he was doing classic. We had to make a certain weight to weigh in. Now, again, that obviously, we didn't want to be able to not load Tyler or feed Tyler at all going into that. So we're trying to load. And again, like, luckily Ty is someone who he'll bring his scale with him everywhere he goes. He does what needs to be done. So brought his scale over to my house. We're watching his weight. We're feeding him meals. We're, we're feeding him water as he needs three ounces, four ounces per meal and watching that. So like in that situation, we lowered his water. But one of the most important things is actually playing with electrolytes, um, changing potassium to sodium ratios and assessing a look and, and kind of knowing how to make those adjustments and play with those things to flush. But when it comes to bodybuilding, I just want to assume this is bodybuilding. If you're talking about water cutting before a weigh-in and you're talking about like power lifting or any of those kind of things again i'm not your guy for that it's or mixed martial arts like i'm sure it's really not different i don't work with anybody in those realms so i'm not going to comment on that but a lot of times your magic that you have to change with cutting water for weigh-ins can be fucking mitigated of being in shape if you're in shape and you're dry and hard you're not going to have to manipulate that many things to get a little drier and a little harder. Um, obviously, there's tools we use in this world that can facilitate these things. But again, there's there's pros and cons to those two, right? If you're having to make weight and you start playing with those tools, you might get flattened out to the point that you actually can't come back from it. And now you're going to look soft and flat on stage. And that's not the look. Or you so, could die, or you could die. In, in, well, that yeah. was the other thing I was going to say. And fucking around with those things under a non-supervised environment is dangerous too, right? So I'm not going to comment too much on that side of things. What I will say is get your ass in shape. Yep. You're in shape. You shouldn't have to pull four, five, six, seven, eight pounds at weigh-in just to hit your weigh-in because you've actually gotten to your actual cap beforehand. And you got a little bit of room to wiggle and uh, diuretics, water manipulation. If you're fat, you're fat. That's not going to change it. Push your show back. Push your show back. 100%. Be a mature athlete and realize that at four weeks out, if you're still fat, you're fat. Bingo. Is that it, boys?
That's all I got. Awesome. I think that was a good one. Um, cool. If you guys, first off, I want to shout out Dylan. Plug. Appreciate all the hoodies. Yeah. I don't have a purple hoodie, so I feel like this is pretty cool color. Um, purple Jordans. Oh, yeah. I, okay, purple when I, when I add... Purple wait, Vibros. You got to cancel that order and find a purple color. I'm not... No, 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 no. No. Barney. <laughs> well, I got to find a pair of green ones. I actually... I had another question come in. Do you want to do another one or no? Are we done? Oh, yeah, well, one more. We'll answer one more. What's the best form of cardio stairmaster treadmill etc steps 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 <laughs> no well, whatever cardio that you can adhere to and do properly to hit whatever it is if it's a time goal heart rate goal calorie goal um yeah whatever works best for you i would say like for me i did stair mill pretty much this whole prep um, me and Braden had a conversation a couple times that maybe to go to the elliptical or the um, recumbent bike, which near the end, we did have to split it up um, just to kind of give my legs a break. But I know for a lot of people, they start going on the stair mill for 45 minutes an hour and their legs will just wither away or they just can't handle it. But for whatever reason, this prep, it worked great for me. Um, I could get in and get out super efficiently with just how busy my schedule is. Time-wise, that was the most efficient for me. Um, didn't completely wither away my legs. But for I know a lot of other guys, like even chatting with Luca, he says he does five minutes on the stair mill. His legs hurt. They burn. He just can't do it. And, yeah, I know everyone's different, especially with big. That's, I've been doing the recumbent, but I've been doing the, uh, for my career, I've been doing the elliptical. I find that to be the least one of them all. Um, I don't really have a stair master at my apartment gym, so I just do the elliptical out of everything because the recumbent bike just fucks with my knees too much especially trying to get that heart rate up you got to pedal so fast you have to pedal so fast to get your heart rate up there so um for me elliptical works best but if you can bring your expenditure up i think if you're going to go with anything bring your expenditure up through steps and then if you have to do cardio find the find the mode that works the best for you and only you're going to know that through i think also having a trusted I like Brayden did with like Brayden and Tyler have. Yeah. And that's for me, I make it, I, I literally, and I think this is all of us, our decisions come based on the athlete in front of us. Right. So for instance, in Luca's case, um, Luca has legs that measure big, but shape wise, we need to make sure he holds as much shape as he possibly can. Cause there's not a lot of quad sweep and so forth to accentuate the width of the legs. So for us, I know that for Luca, the recumbent bike drives a lot of blood to his legs, but with that, we're almost getting nutrient delivery and he's getting like a pump, but it's not exhausting his legs to the point it's taking away from recovery. If and I actually believe it helps his recovery a little bit. And based on his previous preps that he didn't do with me to this prep, we had some conversations and even he felt we held more leg tissue by doing that. So that's one thing that I do with some guys. If, if I feel we need to really hold on to leg tissue um, it's low impact, right? Versus a Stairmaster super high impact. Now you get a 90 pound bikini girl. I mean, what's the, how high of an impact is that, right? Versus you have a 260 pound bodybuilder doing 35 minutes straight on the Stairmaster. That's pretty high impact. That's a heavy step every single time. You want these guys squatting heavy. You want them, you know what I mean? Leg pressing heavy and shit. That's a lot of stress in the joints and the hip, the ankles, the knees, the higher the inflammation and the higher the stress in the body, 
the less response you're going to have from things. So all these things have to be considered. And I would, I would agree. I mean, for me, if I'm looking at the lowest impact approach, I'm going elliptical or recumbent bike. Um, there's a lot of people that can handle this Stairmaster. And like Ty said, it was simply a conversation with Ty and I. And based on his schedule, he was able to get the, the calories burned that we were required a lot quicker on a Stairmaster than we were on other modalities. So we kind of looked at whether his leg fullness was hanging around. It was. He wasn't feeling it was impacting his training. So we said, all right, let's run with it. In the future, are we always going to do the Stairmaster for Ty? Honestly, probably not. And, and I actually would guarantee you we probably won't. But I know we're going to have more leg mass. We're going to have more total mass. And uh, I definitely want to bring him back with fuller, for bigger legs. So that's something we might change up there, right? And also, too, hopefully a, a better schedule. And like I said, too, you just yeah. got to, like, different situations for everyone, right? Like, honestly, I was when we were, my situation was I was at my apartment here in Calgary at the start of my prep. I was doing the elliptical for that first half of prep. It honestly probably did feel a little better. But once we started getting into those days where it was 800 cals of cardio, honestly, even pushing on the elliptical, it probably would have been an hour and a half um, of my day on that elliptical. And I could cut that when I was really busting my ass to 45, 50 minutes on the Stairmaster. And that with just where my life situation was, having that extra time is just what needed to be done. But yeah, ideally, maybe if we would have had a better schedule and time to do elliptical, we could have held on to a little more leg tissue, but just kind of situation you're in, right? I, I laugh now. I laugh now because I did my I did my elliptical. I, I burned 375 cows in 24 minutes. 23, 23.30 was the best time I ever got to burn 375 cows. I could not beat it after that and i was like i was so pissed but i was like damn i was like looking at i was looking at yours and i was like 600 calories i was like that just sounds brutal going at this pace like the pace i was going at was like 160 170 beats per minute for my heart i was running like an eight minute mile on that thing i was like on, that's danger zone for me man my defibrillator goes off at 200 <laughs> <per> minute <laughs> you, yeah, should see, you should see Braden's one bikini athlete uh nikki kiani when she does stair mill, she is like, she must have it like cranked to level 15 or 16. And wow. she's, not, she's not holding on either. She's just motoring, motoring, motoring. I mean, it's crazy. Like, wow. Not going to lie, every single time I've tried, every single time I've tried the Stairmaster, I swear to God, I'm like not competent enough to take a step. <laughs> but you know what? That's, uh... Honestly, I'll just go quick. <laughs> near, near the end of my prep, when I had some of these, 5 a.m. sessions where I was pretty much going hypo. Um, I was like telling Jill the one day and my mom kind of overheard me and she would send my little sister who like I, I coach her and she's like pretty active and does cardio and stuff. She would send her to do stair mill right beside me to make sure I didn't pass out. And if I did, <laughs> that she could like get help. But I mean, uh, if you're going fast. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to miss your step. And if you crank your head on the stair mill, could be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say the one thing about uh, Nikki, like you get a lot of bikini competitors and stuff like doing crazy amounts of cardio and whatnot. And like for her, fuck, we had her doing 300 calories of cardio and people were like, well, how is she doing 300? I'm doing 800 or 900. It's like, watch her do 300. Watch her do 300 and tell me that you're going that hard. I'm guaranteeing you, you're not going that hard because I've seen her do it too. And I've seen her do it when she's almost going hypo and she's like, 
fucking ready to die and she's still going balls to the wall and it's like that's wild but again she gets it done and gets it done hard and her body responds to it if if she was going slow yeah it would take her three times the amount and i probably would have to have her calories way higher for cardio because she's just not getting the same effect on her um on her body right so question didn't she didn't she win her didn't she win her class yeah she did at ben pro exactly yeah there you go guys if you're questioning if you're questioning fucking anything about a bikini girl doing 300 calories cardio there you go she if you want to win your class try to pass out on the stairmill yeah <laughs> oh, hypo. go hypo every single cardio session yeah. <laughs> but then don't actually die and blame us yeah, yeah no 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 we're not we we have a life we have a liability waiver <laughs> yeah make sure you bring your little sister yeah, yeah. Okay. but i mean at the end of the day if you die you die yeah. I, I gotta get that i'm getting that shirt for whenever whenever i prep i'm 100 percent getting that in like four different colorways on like four different shirts because hey, don't worry well when uh, some things happen here we'll be doing some really cool merch drops yeah yay well that sounds exciting well all right teaser teaser trailer we, there. Can <laughs> we can definitely make a shirt that says that um but yes yeah, so that's it for us um if you guys learned anything or anything like that, uh, most of all, subscribe to the subscribe to the YouTube, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Um, I'm still working out some kinks. I had to switch over who I run my podcast through, so there's a little issues with downloading this and stuff. Just just be patient with me while I get everything set up here. But you can definitely find us on the YouTube for now. If you can't get us on the audio, so go watch us. Um, you can see Tyler's big ass traps. If you made it through the whole thing um so so that'll be good uh go follow um all three of us on instagram um go follow tyler um he's banging out some q a's a lot throughout the week so he'll answer a lot of questions if you have them um go follow me go follow Braden. um subscribe to the podcast on apple or spotify as you guys know the podcast is teamed up with morphogen nutrition you guys can use code spada for 10 percent off all products at morphogennutrition.com uh, reach out to us on Miller Elite website for coaching if you guys are interested, and we'll get back to you. Other than that, uh, anything else you boys have? Any closing words? No, that's all I got. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. Awesome. Bang, bang. Uh, so we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Ace of Podcast.